The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Overtime Open Line is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 6.30 chair. Chipped in by the Oilers and then brought back out by Heat. He turned it over at center. Here's Nugent Hopkins, left wing maroon. Slapper score! the winner tonight. A much needed victory for your Edmonton Oilers holding off the San Jose Sharks 5-3. The Oilers have not been good on home ice, but they get this one to improve to 6-10 and at Rogers Place for just the third time this season. The Oilers win back-to-back games, and it's the first time that they do it in regulation time, back-to-back. 5-3, your final. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. It's 9.57. Maroon cashing in with a goal and an assist tonight. Ryan Strom scored twice. Ryan Nugent Hopkins had a goal and an assist. Two assists for Leon Dreisaitl. Ryan Strom's goal in the first period that made it 2-1 for Edmonton. Franchise goal number 10,000, according to the NHL, not according to Rob Brown. We'll no. discuss that later on. You can get us at 780-496-0063. We're going to go live to head coach Todd McClellan in a couple of minutes. We're just waiting for him to come into the Hall of Fame room downstairs. The Japanese Village goal light is on on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Go ahead, print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village. We turn it on whenever the Oilers score five or more. Three locations in Edmonton, downtown, south side, and north side. Well, Rob, it didn't start well because the Oilers Achilles heel was all flared up again. They allowed an early power play goal against, but they're able to uh, recover and uh, hold off a pretty good Sharks team. Yeah, they, they came out and did exactly what they didn't want to do. They took a dumb penalty early in a hockey game and they gave up the power play goal against. And This team, two, three weeks ago, would have crumbled out under that. They would have started chasing. They would have started getting away from their game, and it would have just compounded the problems. But tonight, they're a confident hockey club. They've played, you know, this was their sixth straight very good hockey club, so they're they're feeling good about themselves, and they didn't wilt tonight. They came out and they pushed going forwards, and by the end of the period, they score a couple even-strength goals and take a lead. So uh, a much better response when some adversity hit them as opposed to what we've seen in the past with this other team on home ice. Edmonton gets to 15-17-2 on the season. They're 8-5 and five in their last 13. Six points behind San Jose for third in the Pacific. Six points behind Dallas for the second and final wildcard spot. Edmonton and Dallas, both 34 games played. The Sharks do have two games in hand. Maybe a little early to be talking about games in hand, but the Oilers uh, are trying to... Catch up past some other teams now. Two points behind Vancouver and Colorado. Colorado beat Pittsburgh tonight 4-2. I watched that part of that game too. Well, in between intermissions, they actually look pretty good. They had good goaltending. They had very good goaltending tonight. Two points behind Vancouver and Colorado. Four behind Anaheim, who blew a lead today and yeah. lost 5-3 in New Jersey. Yeah, 3-0 lead on the road. You can't give that up. And they gave up five straight goals. Courtesy of GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine diesel parts oh, at wholesale prices. Here's Todd McClellan. It was close, but it didn't ever ever look like you were going to lose the game. Even you, you had the lead pretty much after goal anyway. It was... Um, it was a 
an interesting start because we had the early power play, didn't get anything with it, then they score, and and uh, and uh, that you know obviously the penalty kill has been our nemesis and we sagged a little bit there uh, yet I thought a lot of good things were being said on the bench and we were able to overcome it uh, get our own non-power play goal it was right with a, a second after and uh, that got us the momentum back and we seemed to establish it from there and play well what did you think of Maroon's play tonight? Patty's play? yes uh, I thought it was one of his better games lately he, uh, he was stronger on the wall he skated better uh, created numerous chances. That line was was obviously quite dangerous, and um, it was nice to see them produce. Todd, um, you've had put some good games together with the look of three three centers, some strength through the middle. Maybe just discuss w what you've liked about that look and how, as a coach, it just gives you such good options from the. Well, I, I like the fact that the wingers are able to complement them right now. We've been able to find some combinations. You look at Luch and, and Yessi's games, we talked about it the other day, and, and they're playing at the top of their game right now with Connor, so that's set. Um, when Patty Maroon plays like he did tonight, uh, Drake Kajula or Cami up on that wing, there's another line that the wingers are, are producing. Stromer a couple goals tonight, so um, the wingers have picked their games up as well, and they've been able to complement the, uh, the centers down the heart. And uh, a couple of guys that haven't been talked about over the last month, uh, Cass and Test are you know, in our top five scorers. And uh, that's that's an important thing as well on the fourth line. Todd, this morning and tonight, there are the sounds of, uh, starting the sounds of confidence coming from the players in the room. What's the, what's the basis, what's the foundation for some of this growing confidence we're starting to hear? Well, you earn confidence. Um, and you earn it by doing things right over and over and over again. You begin to feel good about yourself individually and collectively. Um, it's been a challenge because sometimes we do that and we don't win. We've seen a couple of games like that, um, Toronto, Nashville, those type of games. Uh, so you get tested with it, but I think we're doing more good than bad and you begin to feel good about yourselves again, or ourselves and, and uh, your teammates. Uh, the goaltender coming back, I think, helps that. Um, it accentuates the, the positive and, and the, um, you know, the confidence, so that makes a difference as well. Uh, Larson comes back tonight, gives you 22 minutes. Uh, what did you like from his game and uh, his D partner, Davis, in that pair together? Well, I like that he came back, one. Um, you know, two, the hardness that Lars brings. He's not, a, he's not a flashy player. He's not setting up a lot of offensive plays. Um, he has the ability and skill to, but the hardness, the physicality, the battle ability, uh, net front corners. Um, if you're an op opposing player, especially a skilled one that plays a lot, you've got to def battle against him, and it takes its toll. And uh, Lars brought that to the game tonight. Davey, I think, has been um, very consistent since he got here. That pair was good. Oh, is it a good sign when you can score five and Connor's not in on any of the goals? First assist, second assist, or a goal? Um, well, it's a good sign when you score five. You know, we'd like Connor to be in in on goals. I thought he played a tremendous game. He set people up and made plays and defended well. Um, it's a good sign for our team when um, the depth comes through and you don't have to rely on one or two players. Todd, Kajula gets promoted, produces uh, on that line. They look good. You've got some competition now, some real healthy competition. Uh, it's going to get even tougher when Sekra comes back in, in a week or 10 days, whenever it is. 
What, what do you look for and now in those decisions on which guys are coming in and out? And does it vary from game to game or do you, you have a plan on not having guys sit out too long? Well, we don't, we don't want to lose players. Um, guys can sit too long. It's too early in the year for that. As the year goes on and you get closer to the end, you may stick with the same lineup. But we would like to keep players, um, I use the word alive, uh, keep them energized, keep them positive, thinking that they're going to be back in the lineup. But at the same breath, you want to keep uh, what's good going. Um, so it's a fine line between juggling um, injuries, bumps and bruises, illnesses come into play. Uh, but the guys that have been removed from the lineup and then inserted back in certainly uh, are motivated and want to stay there. They're showing us, showing us that the way they play. Drake in particular, I think of J.J. Kyra uh, earlier in the year. Um, you know, some others that have had the chance to go back in, they're competing like they never want to come out again, and that's, that's healthy. All right, that's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. His team victorious tonight, 5-3 over the San Jose Sharks. Sharks went up 1-0. Oilers got the next three. Then the team's alternated goals with Ryan Strom closing it out with an empty netter at 19:52. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown inside Rogers Place. You can get us at 780-496-0063. Brian Nugent Hopkins was the first star. Tonight, Rob, we've talked a lot about him this season. He gets his 14th goal of the season. He adds an assist, and I thought another very strong game for number 93. Yeah, he was good. Uh, he's been consistent uh, each and every game, and he's probably had one of the toughest starts to the season just finding chemistry with a line as uh, the Oilers have you know, gone back and forth on who they want playing with who, but for a long time, there was some consistency with McDavid and Drysdale, and Nugent Hopkins just kept getting whoever was next. Yep. And he had guys that were struggling, yet he was still able to find ways to make things work for him. Uh, both ends of the rink, I know he probably liked the one goal back where he got caught on the wrong side defensively, but he, he's creating things through getting guys to turn the puck over. He makes a wonderful pass to Maroon to set up that goal. So they need depth scoring when you start playing against good hockey clubs and tonight you know the, the top line the McDavid line doesn't capitalize on any of their chances but the other two lines they come through with big goals and it, it, their depth players are coming through and Ryan Nugent Hopkins is probably the leader of the depth. Nugent Hopkins the first star tonight Ryan Strom with two gets the second star Brent Burns the third star for the San Jose Sharks the fourth star for Missioner Allen Auctioneering check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates well Bob references stats uh, back in the lineup. Adam Larson jumps right back in. 21-55, five hits, four block shots. Uh, he was very good. And another player that's, uh, you know, th you don't talk a whole lot about, but I thought Jujar Kara was very good tonight too. Uh, he, he made a nice play on the goal that eventually turned out to be Strom's, but very uh, physical on the forecheck, using his speed. And again, the confidence level just continues to grow when he has the puck on his stick. So there's a number of players that could have been the four-star tonight. Uh, you like Larson, I like... Jujar, and I think that we could have handed it out to another four or five other players. You know, that play Kara makes on that setup, I mean, he doesn't make anything resembling that play last year. Takes no. the puck out of the corner, knows right away he wants to go to the slot. And then once he's there, it, it, like I thought he was going to take a backhand. Great pass over to Dreisaitl, who's open, who feeds it back across to Strom. But that's that's how you've seen Kara develop. Uh, you, 
when you when he had a good game last year, he would get in, he would forecheck, he would hit guys, he would free up pucks. If he got the puck, he wouldn't do often do much with it. Now you've seen the next step in that evolution. Well, yeah, last year he probably would have thrown it back in the the corner and cycled it. Mm-hmm. And then if he would have got it in front of the net, it would have been a blind backhand on net, just getting it away from himself. Most guys, when they come up and, and lack the the offensive confidence. Uh, get jittery when the puck's on their sticks, and they try to move it quickly. Either put it on net, put it in a corner, but just put it somewhere. I do not want to get caught turning the puck over. And I think since he's come back, he's gained confidence. In each game that he plays, he feels a little stronger, knowing that if I make a mistake, I'm not going to be benching. It goes back, it was a right when he first came back from sitting in the stands for a while, he had a really, really strong game and made a defensive miscue. His man beat him going to the net, and it was was a good play by the defenseman. I can't remember who they were playing against. And he didn't miss a shift after that. And someone asked Todd McClellan in the dressing room about that play, and he said it was a mistake. But it was not a mistake through a lack of work ethic, through a lack of compete, through lack of battle. So I'm not going to bench a guy when he makes mistakes. They happen all the time. So I think at that point, Kara knew that if I go out and work hard and, and try to do things, that I'm going to continue to get rewarded with ice time. I don't have to worry about making one mistake and and, and then I'm done. Mm-hmm. So when you have that kind of confidence, you're willing to do what he did tonight where he takes the puck into the net, front of the net and makes a pass that sets up a backdoor goal. So Jujar's got confidence. And I think a lot of that has to do with the way Tom McClellan handled him when he came back from sitting out on the bench. Kara's improvement or adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. Oilers beat the Sharks 5 you can get us at 780-496-0063. We'll bring Mike onto the show. Mike, thank you for calling. How's it going? Good. I just want to talk about the game tonight. I thought it was... Uh, I thought they, brought, they should have brought a lot more energy into the game. I mean, it's a four-point game. They started off pretty slow, you know. Seems like San Jose kind of ran them a bit. Well, I I gotta disagree with you. I mean, a four-point game, they they win the game uh, on home ice. I'm not saying the outcome. I'm saying when they first came out, though, there was nothing there. Well, the out the out hit the San Jose Sharks tonight, twenty-nine to nine. That means they don't have the puck. They're not doing nothing, right? I mean, I, I sorry, I gotta just completely disagree with you. I thought it was a good hockey game that the Oilers came out and played very very well against a team that's better than them in the standings and. I, I would think that oh, yeah, the Oilers would be pretty happy with the way they played tonight. No, no, no. I'm saying, like, like why not more? Like, I thought Cassian, like, where was he tonight? Like, he was just, I thought that would be his one game. I thought he'd be geared right up and, what was his ice time for tonight? Uh, Cassian played 909, Mike. Thanks a lot for calling. We appreciate it. 780-496-0063. we got to head down to the visitor's dressing room for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. Here's Sharks head coach Peter DeBoer. You know, I see the strength of this team early on was keeping the puck out of your own head. It seems like that's been a little bit of a problem lately. What do you see in that regard? Um... Well, you know, uh, I don't know. I mean, we're not as tight defensively as we have been. We've also got some guys out of lineup that weren't out earlier in the year, too. So, um, you know, I think we did a good job on McDavid tonight. I thought the difference in the game was the depth. They got some more depth scoring than we did. 
you guys have been scoring more goals. Is there any correlation for the fact that you're, are you playing looser than you're giving them up now? Well, we're playing from behind. You know, you're getting behind in games and you open it up and, you know, so it obviously creates some more offense, but you obviously give up some more too. So I think that's probably the biggest thing. We got the first goal tonight, but, you know, within five, six minutes after that, you're down 2-1 and, uh, you know, and then down 3-1, you're playing from behind the rest of the night. Was it about what you expected without Logan in there? Obviously, he plays in every situation. Yeah, you know, it's thin. And, uh, you know, other guys got to get up. Get, get the job done and uh, you know we didn't tonight you know I, I uh, fourth line got pinned in their own zone for extended periods and to the point that we couldn't really play them and uh, you know and then you overuse other guys and so we've got to find a way how much of a missed opportunity is this when you had a chance to go up 10 points on them and well they're all missed yep. opportunities you know but you know, we've also earned a 10-point lead on them going into tonight, so we're not we're not eliminated tonight. We'll pick up and get ready for the next one. Peter DeBoer, head coach of the San Jose Sharks. Oilers beat the Sharks 5-3 at Rogers Place. And uh, DeBoer talking about uh, depth scoring uh, for the Oilers, outdoing uh, San Jose's depth scoring. Certainly uh, a factor tonight. Strom with a couple of goals to uh, lead the way. Maroon, Latestu, and Nugent Hopkins also scoring. We should touch on the special teams a bit here, Rob. The Oilers got an early power play, ineffective. Um, Sharks get a power play. It's still fairly early in the game. We're still talking first seven minutes. They score. The Oilers get a power play after the officials had a little meeting to discuss if it was a clean puck over the glass. It was. I thought that, you know, on the first penalty, I'm still not sure if, uh, if, if uh, LeBanc committed that high stick or if Strom got him. I'm still not sure on that replay, but this doesn't matter now. But the second one, Hurdle shot it over the glass. The Oilers, quite frankly, Rob, brutal power play. It first, was. first 90 seconds. It was, you're right. They finally got something going near the end, and Letestu scored two seconds after it expired. Yeah, it was It was a nice play by, by Leon. And actually, two things there. Leon, smart, finding the puck and finding the open lane to make the pass to Letestu, but as... Mark sees that Leon is going to get the puck. You see Mark going and getting into his shooting area and getting ready to, for the shot. And I think that's why he eventually became that guy in the power play last year, why he took Jordan Eberle's spot. Because Jordan was a guy that would stop the puck and then decide where to shoot it. Mark Letestu, before Leon got the puck, he turned, went to where he needed to be, and was ready for the shot. And again, uh, Mark does not have an absolute bullet of a one-timer, but he's got a very... Uh, very good one-timer, and he always hits the net. And when a goaltender is coming from one side to the other, there's always areas that if you put the puck on net, you're going to score more than you're not. So a nice play by Letestu getting into the right area and a better play by Leon Dreisettle setting him up so he did not have to move. Oilers win at 5-3 over the San Jose Sharks. $125 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation from Booster Juice, an oasis of fresh just in a fast-paced world. It's 25 bucks for every goal the Oilers score. You can get us at 780-496-0063. We have Tony on the line. Good evening, Tony. How's it going, boys? Doing well. So I have a couple comments, and this is, and I'm really happy about the fact that we're on a two-game winning streak right now. I think it's fantastic. I'm hoping that when you're going to the Christmas break that, you know, we're not so far behind everybody else because the way that we're playing, it's honestly looking like how the Oilers played last year. And that's what's really boosting us right now. And the fact that McDavid didn't get in on anything, you know what, big deal. You can't expect him, you know, people can't expect him to get in everything. 
He's a captain, yeah, he's a captain. But when you have secondary scoring, that's better than no scoring at all. And the thing, and two other things. The first one is I find it hilarious when Maroon petted Burns' beard. That was hilarious. I couldn't stop laughing. And actually, if I messaged a friend of mine tonight and said, what would the chances be if yours won at 4-2? With 10 minutes left, it was 4-2, and I thought we were honestly going to win it by that, by that score. Yeah. No joke. So, right. But no, I just think that the fact that we're getting depth now and Talbot's back, I think it's going to be like what happened with Kerry Press when he came back, six-game winning streak. Well, that'd be great. I mean, they need some wins here to keep climbing. It's still going to be a long climb to get back into a playoff spot. Depth scoring, absolutely. McDavid didn't get a point tonight, but still generated. Man, I thought he was going to get that empty netter at the end of the game. But yeah. uh, that was a little too tense that it, that it needed to be, but they got one eventually. The beard pet, that's going to be on the... Uh, I don't know if it'll make it on the best of this year. It's pretty late in the year, but it, it'll make it on some kind of... Uh, top 50 list I'm sure for people who didn't see it there was a a scrum in front of the San Jose net in the second period Maroon was whacking away at Jones's glove Burns come in they kind of tumble to the ice together and then they sort of calm down and then Maroon reaches up and uh, I think he was just getting the tangles out of Burns' beard for him. Well, they're just discussing hair products and said, what, what do you use? It's because it's very smooth and soft. He did. He said something before he did it too, so it wasn't like he went and grabbed his beard and then said, hey. But no, he did talk to him. It was funny. little levity in the game. And, it was, and I agree with uh, Tom McClellan. That was probably Maroon's best game that he has had in Oh, four or five weeks. It's been a long, long time. Hadn't scored in seven. Hadn't scored in six. So he gets his first goal in seven games. And the goal he scored that turned out to be the winner, Rob, as we often talk about, San Jose actually got the puck out, but turns it over on the pass, trying to get it through the neutral zone. Nugent Hopkins brings it up. It looked like two two of San Jose guys think, oh, he's coming. They both slide over. And then I'm curious what you thought, Rob. The pass over to Maroon. And you, well, you said on shootouts, you'd often just walk in and mm-hmm. take a slapper. And it's pretty hard, as good as these goalies are, it's pretty hard for them to react, though, from that distance if a guy's able to hit the net. Well, yeah, my shootout move was a slap shot from the hash marks. And it was I always went top shelf. And it I either hit my spot or I didn't. If I hit my spot, it was a goal because the goalie can't move. And on that one there, Pat Mar- Patty Maroon's coming in. He's got good speed, and he was about the hash marks, just a little wide of the hash marks. And Jones is way out of the net. So it's not like he caught Jones sleeping or too, too deep in his net. He's way out, and it just it was a bomb that went over top of the gloves. Jo- Jones didn't have enough time to react to it. It was a good play. And Maroon was looking the whole way, seeing if there was someone to pass to. Uh, he had Kajula driving the net, so if there's a rebound, they had a guy there. But it was a smart play by Nugent Hopkins. A lot of times when there's a turnover, guys want to take the puck, take ice, and then make a decision. When the puck is turned over, you, as the offensive player, have that split second where you are going the right way. Everyone on San Jose is thinking offense. So that split second, you get to make a play. So always take it forward. And Nugent Hopkins takes it forward by getting it to Maroon. And Maroon catches the San Jose Sharks defenders up a little too high and takes full advantage of it. So a nice play by Nugent Hopkins. His line was very good tonight. Maroon gets his ninth of the season. Quick look at the out-of-town scoreboard for advantage. Trailer rentals, the Avalanche knockoff, the Penguins 4-2. 
4-2. The Kings win 4-1 in Philadelphia. Devils rally to beat Anaheim 5-3. Boston creaming Columbus tonight 7-2. Jake DeBrusque gets his seventh of the year. Oilers win 5-3 over the Sharks. We'll bring Rob onto overtime open line. Rob, thanks a lot for Hi, calling. How are you guys? Good, how are you? Good, thanks for taking my call. Uh, great game by the Oilers, finally at home. They uh, still have a little trouble trying to get the puck out of their own end at times. But overall, great game. And why is it when they have an empty net, they always want to pass to somebody else instead of just putting it, it's, it in the net? It's an unselfish thing. And well, it is. Yeah, it, there, was, there was a few years ago, it was Pavel Dimitra, and I can't remember who the other player was. It was the last game of the season in Los Angeles. Oh, the bonus. Yeah, yeah. and <laughs> both players had bonuses on a two-on-one into an empty net. One was like a half-a-million-dollar bonus. The other was like a $100,000. And the guy that had the puck, he had a breakaway empty net. But he saw his buddy coming and said, you know what, I'm going to get his both bonuses. And he went and he passed it to his buddy, and his buddy shot the puck, and the L.A. King rookie defenseman slid and deflected it wide. Neither guy got their bonus. So there, so there shows a guy who was going to make a mint of money but still was unselfish enough to pass the puck. No one wants to be known as selfish on an empty net. You don't. You should be. Coaches would love <laughs> you to be selfish, but players always want to uh, be a good teammate, and that's what we saw there tonight. And unfortunately, sometimes, not often, but sometimes it comes back to bite you. Rob, thanks a lot for calling. We have more post-game reaction from both dressing rooms. Plenty of time for your phone calls at 780-496-0063. Oilers get by the Sharks 5-3. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, this is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 630 chair. Fed Kara back door drives on a reach shot score. Ryan Strom a wide open tap in beautiful three-way passing play. Kara to try settle and Strom with a go-ahead goal. His fifth. It's two to one Edmonton. First of two for Ryan Strom tonight as the Oilers beat the Sharks 5-3. That was franchise goal. 10,000 for your Edmonton Oilers. Let's hear from Strom for GCL Diesel. Serving oil country for 45 years with genuine diesel parts at wholesale prices. No idea. No idea. So kind of cool, but like I said in my interview, I think Leon deserves credit for that goal. I mean, I just literally didn't even, I just had my stick on there, ice, and he hit it. Like, that's unbelievable. So cool accomplishment, a lot of great players, obviously a very rich history, but, um, you know, beneficiary of a hell of a pass in that one, that's for sure. Big night for your line to kind of get going and chip in offensively. Leon's talked about it. He's wanted you guys to do a little bit more offensively lately. Yeah, you know what? We've been doing so many good things. It's like, it's been frustrating. We, we talk to each other after the game. We're like, we're doing everything but score. We have zone time. We have shots. We have, we're drawing a lot of penalties. We're doing good things. And, you know, sometimes we don't, pucks don't go in. You get a little frustrated. So I think just staying in the course and um, obviously to get rewarded is, is a good good thing. And hopefully we can, uh, you know, kickstart it and keep getting a couple more. I think the scoring has pretty spread out. And uh, guys have definitely stepped up. Just a thought on closing out the game against a divisional rival. I mean, being able to do that seems like a step forward for you guys. Yeah, we played a good game, I think. Uh, not only closing out games, but having a good home game is important. I think a little bit of a slow start, but uh, we were resilient, and we uh, we got the ship slowly going in the right direction here. Lost uh, you know eight nine games, and um, we got to keep it going. And obviously, the division games are very important. We've uh, you know, took care of business so far, but uh, we have a lot in the second half, so we have got to be ready for those. And this is uh, you know definitely a good start. We made an passing. Read that side, Ryan Strom. All right, thanks a lot, Brendan Ulrich in the Oilers locker room. Strom gets two, added the empty netter at 19:52 of the third. Oilers beat San Jose. 
5-3. The Oilers improved to 6-10 at home. They're 5-1 against the Pacific Division. 780-496-0063. We'll welcome Cam to the show. Hello, Cam. Boys, how's it going? Good. Right on. I agree with Rob, actually, with the caller who called in about the slow start because Drew Remenda said the same thing, and I couldn't believe it because I, I was watching that first seven or eight minutes, and I thought, we're all over these guys. And I thought the force was going in the ways, way of the Oilers, so I don't know what, where that uh, where that misconception was coming from. I thought we started crisp. Yeah, yeah, I think so, and they and they had that early power play too, which they they didn't do much on. But yeah, I, I didn't have a problem with the way the Oilers started tonight. It was just unfortunate then they they couldn't kill an early penalty. For sure, a couple other observations, a few other. Um, I thought Strom, I just right from the second he stepped on the ice, he looked light on his feet. He just, and I don't know if it's because there's more open ice, and he's he's not having to go north and south as much. He's able to you know, pick up some speed off the east to west stuff. But for whatever reason, I just, you could just tell he was dialed in right away. The other thing um, is that I thought, like, our power play, um, our power play is best when it's simple. You know, when they're when they're doing things that are, um, you know, too fancy or, you know, trying to let the puck open up space or area passing and stuff, it just doesn't work. I mean, it's just a team, I think, the more simple they play, the better. The other two observations just quickly. Um, still a lot of stuff going on in neutral ice that's really not productive. A lot of standing around and trying to advance the puck with a short game as opposed to moving the puck through with force and uh, and that that's going to that's gonna be a killer. So, I mean, they're either going to get that corrected or they're not. And then the final thing I was going to say <clears throat> is defensively. Now, Rob, when you played Defensemen were not fronting. They were not fronting in the in the D zone back then, correct? Or not in front often. of the net? You mean? Yeah, they didn't. Yeah, no. Defensemen they stood behind you and cross checked you over and over and over again. <laughs> For sure. So the concept of fronting now is to stay, take away that that forward's ability to to make a play on the puck, and then if you get a chance to release, if your partner gets loose and has a chance to come in and push from the side, then there's that opportunity. But tonight, I noticed there's two things I'm noticing happening in the defensive zone. I'm noticing Nurse is, is running around. He's, 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 he's heading north quite a bit. And even tonight, there was a, a few times when he, he was fronting, which is fine, and there was, there was no release. Russell wasn't free to come over and help out. And support and he just he just took off and it's going to kill us and then the other thing i'm noticing and this is the final yeah comment. quickly here camp yeah toe caps towards the end boards and and like my understanding is toe caps should be up ice all the time why are our defensemen standing around with their backs turned as often as they are that's my last question so thanks yeah in that one i'd have to know which which time he's talking about because I mean, there's there's times that you you're facing up ice, but there's also if the puck's behind the net, your toe caps. You got you got to know where the guy is. So uh, that one you'd have to ask a specific uh, question as to what what the Oilers are doing. I mean, the thing the, the one thing that I do notice when people find critique in, in, in things like say tonight's game with the Oilers, you find critiques whether it be the neutral zone, defensive zone. You're critiquing because you see your team play all the time. And if you were to watch the San Jose Sharks. 
all the things that the Oilers are doing wrong, that you find that the Oilers are doing wrong, so are the San Jose Sharks. And tonight, I mean, the best player for the and the San Jose Sharks, Brett Burns, gets one of the stars tonight. If you watch, he had a number, a number of turnovers tonight, a number of misplays, cost a two-on-one going one way. So mistakes happen. They always do. And is, was it Sekra last year that said if there were no mistakes in hockey, every game would be 0-0? It wouldn't be fun to watch, and it's true. So sometimes you're a little more critical of your own team that if you just turn and look at the other team and watch them, they're making all the same mistakes. And obviously tonight, the San Jose Sharks made more mistakes than the Oilers because the Oilers won the game. Oilers take it 5-3. Everybody's uh, getting on the show that is on hold. we got quick news headlines. First, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. Better played out to the high slot. Clef bomb, shot blocked. Rebound, drives on a one-timer score. Broken play, and it works out. Mark Letestu fires one home just as the power play expires, and Edmonton has tied the game. And they would go on to win it 5-3 over San Jose. That was Latestu's eighth of the season from Dreisaitl and Clefbaum made it 1-1 in the first period. Dreisaitl with a couple of assists tonight. Strom with two goals. Nugent Hopkins and Maroon each with a goal and an assist. Much needed victory for the Edmonton Oilers. Much needed home ice victory as they kick off a three-game homestand. Their next one is against St. Louis on Thursday night. All right, you can get us at 780-496-0063. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, and we'll bring Brent onto the show. Hey, Brent. Hello. Hello. Hey, uh, I was watching Maroon uh, just go off on the refs there in that uh, over the over the boards call there to delay a game. And I uh, just kind of commented to myself is like well jesus christ man you got to uh, you got to slow down a little bit you're going to get yourself called do you think that uh the way that uh, maroon and cassian and to a, a very much lesser extent and david go after the refs once in a while do you think that that makes uh, a lot of calls go against us well I, I think that memories have long memories or excuse me referees have long memories um they uh certainly We'll keep in the back of the mind, okay, well, last time we were here, that guy just didn't shut up the whole time, or, or every time he the puck came near him, he'd throw his head up in the air, things like that. So refs do do know that. I don't think a ref will intentionally go out to to mess up a team by, by, by calling things that are phantoms, but I do believe that the benefit of the call, the close ones will go to the teams that are more respectful to the referees than they will to the, the other. And that's just human nature. So on, on that play there, I mean... And Rude did get a penalty for yapping earlier yeah, in the season and he has. on an icing. Yep. Yeah, and uh, there's certain players that are that are emotional and, and they play on the edge. And the emotion's not just... And playing on the edge is not just with the physicality in a game or the fisticuffs or stuff like that. And it goes into uh, the way they react to situations when something goes good, when something goes bad. Uh, Maroon was right on the call. He he knew that it went straight out. Um, I don't think it him yelling at the ref or making uh, it known that what he thought had anything to do with the ref changing their mind. But as a player, when you're in that situation, sometimes you're like, no, 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 no. And and I've been there. Sometimes you just get emotional because you know that the ref is making a wrong call, and you want to see do whatever you can to change it. 
unfortunately, sometimes when you're too emotional, uh, the referee remembers it, and the next time something close happens to you, uh, he seems to not notice it. Oilers win at 5-3. Mark is on the open line. Mark, thanks a lot for calling. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Pretty good. Good. It was nice to see some energy from this team at home for once. It's uh, been a long time. It was nice to see. So, uh, Two points. Uh, one funny, one not. Uh, we'll talk about the game. The first one, there should be a law against Juramenda doing San Jose games here. Uh, if I have to listen to any more inside San Jose trivia, I'm not going to have a TV because I keep throwing my shoe at it. So that aside, uh, you were talking about earlier about the team start start again, uh, the, you know, the lousy uh, power play, and then followed up by the PK, which was usual. Can someone please explain to me why Darnell Nurse does not play the power play? Um, Darnell Nurse has a lot of very good attributes. And I think he has got the makings to be a top defender or top pairing defender. I think that his uh, he plays with edge. He's physical. He, he defends well. Uh, I think that he's very good at transporting the puck from his own zone into the offensive zone. I think if there's a limitation in his game, it's his um, awareness in the offensive end. I, I, I think that making the plays... Uh, making the quick plays offensively is is not his strength. And there's players on the team that are better suited to playing power play than Darnell Nurse. Uh, I'm just kind of wondering if he couldn't, if he at some point couldn't develop into, like I'm not saying that he could ever be a Drew Doughty or, or a Brett Burns, but he brings that ability to have people chase him. He's He's got the speed to get back if he makes a mistake, and he gets this, this static power play. Yeah. Into some, getting getting a little more motion out of everybody else that's there. Uh, because yeah. It's too static right now. It's just static. And well, it's not working. Well, to me, the power play would work better if they started shooting from the point, and I think that would be well, a, a first and, start. And he's got a shot. Yeah, he, he, he does, but I, I, I think I, I just don't see him as an offensive weapon. I just don't think that's part of his game, and I don't know if it will be at this level. I think there's other things he does very well, and I think he is. Oh, uh, he's be- he's played better this year than a lot of people expected him to be thus far. If you watch an example, when he transport the puck from his goal line to the offensive zone, and he's very good at it, watch the number of plays he makes in the offensive zone. There's not a lot. He he'll he'll eventually he'll shoot the puck on net or he'll take it into the corner. That's just not in his repertoire right now. Maybe it will be at on, some point. But that's five on five. Yes, absolutely. Five on four. I I like to see the difference. Yeah, but you know, the thing is, true, true. But there's players that can make plays five on five, and that's why they play five on four because they can do it in heavy traffic. So now you give them time and space, they're going to do it even better. I think short term, Mark Sekra is going to get healthy. He'll come in on the uh, first power play unit. And then probably for now, either Clefbaum or Benning will be on the Nugent Hopkins unit. And and I think probably, you know, same thing with Puliyarvi. With Nurse, it could it could be someday he, he gets on the yep. power play. But I think right now they're they're going with other options that they yep. have. Mark, you're our contestant for finish the play. We want to give you an eight day parking pass to Jet Set U Park. Brought to you by Jet Set Parking. Park cheap and easy. Visit JetSetParking.com. 4-3 Oilers. Heed. Right side. Burns off his back foot. A shot. Doesn't get through. Deflected. Richard blocked. That might have saved the game. Going down to block. It was Adam Morris on the right knee. 
All right, Adam Larson back in there. He was drafted fourth overall in 2011. The Oilers actually currently have on their roster three of the top five draft picks from the 2011 draft. Of course, they took Nugent Hopkins first overall. Who was taken fifth and is now an Oiler? By the Oilers? No. Or nope. taken fifth by somebody else? By I think it was by else. the New York Islanders. It was, Rob. He scored two goals tonight. Well, that, oh, well there, there's a giveaway. Strom, Strom, I guess. <laughs> there, there it is, Mark. <laughs> Thanks for playing, buddy. Just keep feeding me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't like when people lose. Thanks, Mark. We appreciate it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Back to the phone lines in a second. Right now for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, bankruptcies in consumer proposals, licensed insolvency trustees. Back to the San Jose dressing room. Here is the bearded one, Brent Burns. When was the last time you had your beard tugged in a game? Happens more than you think. <laughs> it wasn't really tug. You were just kind of petting it. Kind of playful between you guys there? Yeah, just like a little... Uh, I kind of fell there. He kind of fell on top, so he was just asking. I don't know. I think it was like, you all right? It's a nice beard. Do you agree that this one was for the taking? What, uh, I mean, every night is. I think, you know, you get, uh, they're a good team. They're, they're, uh, they play hard here. I mean, it's the same stuff every night. Nothing different. Bit of a missed opportunity when you have a chance. Every time you lose, that. I think it's, it's tough, but it's, uh, yeah, you just, you, it just comes down, you got to win. I mean, it's tough to lose any game, and, um, yeah. Obviously, it's the first time you've seen these guys since the playoffs. Do they seem like the same team to you, a different team? Or? Oh, it's different every year. Uh, yeah, I think every time you go there, you kind of change, and you, everybody's a year older. And, uh, so, yeah, everything changes. I mean, every every year is so different. Uh, so. Did you guys talk about that any, at all before? Like, that was the team that knocked you out, and... and uh, you know, we can put some distance between the two of those teams. And you don't need that uh, extra yeah. stuff. I mean, you just uh, we don't we don't play hockey to give speeches and, and hear speeches. I mean, you just got to win. Uh, you got to play for each other every night, and uh, you know, we came up short tonight. Brent Burns, furry but not wordy. <laughs> Oilers win 5-3. Chad is on the open line. Good evening, Chad. Hello, Chad. Hey, how's it going? Doing well. Go hey, ahead. Uh, oh, am I on the air? You're on the air. You're live. Oh, gee, sorry, guys. I uh, I got one question. Actually, uh, why do the Oilers mix up their power play lines? Like, you look at Washington, for instance, like, they don't mix, mix up Ovi and Knetsoff. Like, why? Why do they? Yeah, like, just keep 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 Maroon and, or not Maroon, sorry, Lucic, Priyarvi. Now he's on the power play. Like, keep all those guys all together. Oh, you well, mean, they, they took Camilleri out tonight, so Puliyarvi went in on that power no, play. No, I think unit. he, I think you're asking he why, you're, you're asking why the, they don't keep just, like, the line, whoever's on McDavid's line together for the power play? Yeah, just like... Oh, I see. Yeah, well... Keep, keep the chemistry together there. Well, like. well, because then you wouldn't... If you kept just lines in uh, a dry sidle or a Nugent Hopkins wouldn't get on your power play because they're on three separate lines. 
Um, most most teams have certain units. Um, I, I guess if it, it, when it was the Oilers had Drysaddle and, and McDavid playing on the same line, they were able to usually put their top their three line line mates out together. That rarely happens. Pittsburgh Penguins, for example, both Crosby and Malkin are on their power play, but they don't ever play together. So that that's why very few teams have lines that will both play together and also be on the power play together. Oilers take it 5-3 over the San Jose Sharks. They have won back-to-back games in regulation time for the first time all season. More phone calls, more interviews from the Oilers' room. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 630 Final score, Rogers place, Edmonton Oilers 5, San Jose Sharks 3. Oilers gave up an early power play goal against. What else is new? But they come back, score the next three, and then hold off the Sharks for the win. So the Oilers' penalty kill tonight, Rob, will officially be recorded as two for three, which in terms of the season will drop them a little bit in terms of home ice is a massive improvement because they were 57.8 coming into tonight at home. They just need more of those 12-second power plays against them. That's why. Because wasn't that tonight? Didn't they get two? Yeah, there was... They were shorthanded, then San Jose took a penalty, yeah. and then the Oilers took another penalty. I actually thought that was going to be recorded as three power plays. That's what I, you told me, and I believe Well, because too. San Jose had one, the Oilers got a penalty, or pardon me, San Jose had a power play, mm-hmm. then San Jose got a penalty, then the Oilers got another penalty. Mm-hmm. So the sequence of the guys coming out of the box, I thought there'd be a third one in there. I believe oh, you well. too. Anyway, uh, Oilers 0 for 2 on their own power play, though they did score a couple of seconds after one expired. That was the Testu goal in the first period. Adam Larson missed eight games with an injury. He was back tonight. Uh, sets up everything for us. Uh, early in the season, we had struggled breaking out, and it kind of slowed everything down. And I feel like everybody's on the same page in that phase right now, and you can, you can see... Um, we look fast too, so it's, uh, it's just different aspects in the game that we have done a lot better lately. Are you starting to feel like the way this team felt, you know, maybe the way through last year? It's hard to say, but it's uh, we got a lot of key pieces back, and we we're like I said, there's a lot more connection between. Forwards and D, D to D, goalie D. When we break out good, we we look like a fast team, and I thought we have uh, shown that lately. You guys leave yourself enough time, you think? Did you leave yourself enough time, you think? I mean, you guys are obviously sort of finding your stride. Is there enough time to close this gap? Well, we will believe in this till it's over, so it's... It's a lot of games. If you think about it, it's more than half a season left. So you've seen uh, teams crawl back in February, March. So it's this is uh, this is a start, and uh, we have to build on that. For yourself out there, uh, it seemed like you didn't miss a step. How'd you feel? I felt pretty good. Obviously, when it was uh, long shifts, I kind of have a hard time breathing. But no, as the game went on, I felt pretty good. And uh, your point with Davidson tonight, uh, what was that pairing like for you? It was good. Uh, he's, uh, he's not a flashy guy. He keeps it simple. He He's always in position, so it's, uh, it's easy to read off. Uh, 
and that that helped me, and hopefully I helped him a little bit too. Uh, no, it was, uh, it was good. Thanks, Adam. Thank you. Read that, Adam Larson. All right, thanks a lot, Brendan. Yeah, Larson back looked uh, looked solid. Played almost 22 minutes, paired with Brandon Davidson most of the night, who's been uh, really good since rejoining the Oilers as a waiver claim for the Montreal Canadiens. So the changes today were Larson was activated, so Slepeshev got sent to the minors, so they stay at uh, so they stay at the 23 maximum on their roster. Nathan Walker played tonight. Mike Camilleri came out of the lineup, so the scratches were Camilleri, Griba, and Ovitu. Now, assuming health, and, and we do know that Clefbaum has been playing, as Peter Shirelli put it, dinged up. Uh, I don't know if he's totally over that. When Sekera is healthy, which I don't know about Thursday. Bob and I were talking maybe Saturday, certainly the 27th against Winnipeg for sure. When he's healthy, what do you think, Rob? If you have to take a defenseman out, no, no, I guess, I guess be, it, it would be Davidson. Clef. You it, think they take Davidson out? Yeah, and he's played very, very it, well. Unless Clefbaum's going to need some maintenance. Yeah, but I mean, an injury will would be the only reason it wouldn't be Davidson. Okay, but I mean, Davidson's played well, and he, he's earned the trust of the coaching staff. The one thing that we've seen uh, here in, in Edmonton, and you can probably put it any team in the National Hockey League, defensemen get hurt. The, 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 you, you, you very rarely have a full complement of defensemen that you can throw out there. So you want to have you know seven, eight guys on your depth chart that you feel can play, and Davidson certainly can, but he would be number seven on the depth chart here. Oilers win it 5-3 over the San Jose Sharks. Patrick Maroon had a goal and an assist. First, lots of guys in here. Excuse us, stranger, sorry. First question, Pat. Want to let us in on what the beer poll was all about? <laughs> we were just in the scrum there, and I just pulled this beer. I do some crazy stuff sometimes, but it was just one of those things where he was laughing about it, I was laughing about it. I thought he'd be mad at first, but yeah, he said, do you like it? And I said, yeah, it's a pretty nice beer. You didn't, <laughs> you didn't just tug on it, like you kind of kind of caressed it a bit. Like yeah. Two or three times. Yeah, it was, uh, it was one of those things where it was just in my face, so I decided to pull his beard. So I thought he was going to be mad at first, but he certainly said, hey, do you like the beer? And I said, yeah, it's a pretty nice beard, but a little greasy it looks like, but... It's one of those things. <laughs> a lucky beer, maybe for you? Uh, no, but I was just doing it just to try to get underneath his skin. But it turned out to be fun in games. This is a uh, this was a tight game against division opponents uh, that you guys were able to pull out. Is there a lot to be you know, gained confidence-wise from this win? I think we've been gaining confidence just the last six games. I think we've been playing really good. Um, so I think every line's going right now, and I think everyone's been kind of talking about that too. It's just not one line. Every line's chipping in at the right time, and that's so good to see right this time of year. And some guys are getting opportunities to play some minutes, and they're chipping in at the right time too. So it's good to see new faces chip in and uh, see, see good things from each line. All four lines are buzzing, so that's good to see. Fourth line's chipping in at the right time. and. Know everything up from there is having some good chemistry right now, so that's always good to see. So another challenge ahead of us against St. Louis. You're one of those guys shipping in tonight. Just uh, take us through that uh, slap shot goal that turned out to be uh, the game winner. Oh yeah, I think I got on the forecheck there, pressured the guy, he fired up the boards, and uh, Drake and News did a really good job of forcing the turnover. And News found me. He found me a lot tonight, and you know I got the chance to try to put one home there, and I felt good. 
Read that, Patrick Maroon. Thanks a lot, Brendan. Oilers beat the San Jose Sharks 5-3. Maroon had a goal and an assist. Ryan Strom scored twice. He got the goal that'll be registered as number 10,000 in Oilers franchise history. The homestand continues on Thursday against the St. Louis Blues. We'll have it for you on 6.30, Chad, with the face-off show at 5.30, and the game will start at 7. Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I'll have inside sports from 6 to 8. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer, our engineer here at Rogers Place, Troy Bowler. You can get more on 630Chet.com. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Oilers 5, Sharks 3. Have a great night.